Welcome to Edwards Beyond the Test, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of the flight test mission at Edwards Air Force Base. I'm Dawn Waldeman from the 412th Test Wing Public Affairs. As one would assume, there is a lot of coordination involved with any aircraft test mission at Edwards. There's the scheduling of range resources, aircraft and ground maintenance, reserving frequencies, scheduling airspace, coordinating with the CTFs, the squadrons, the list goes on and on. Well, the work is dynamic and not for the faint of heart, and is the responsibility of the Operations Scheduling Office, which falls under the 412th Operations Support Squadron. Our guest today is the supervisor and the one leading the charge of the Ops Scheduling Office, Mrs. Andy Brown. But she's more than that. As many have said, she serves as an inspiration. Andy, welcome to the program, and thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here to tell us more about the Ops Scheduling Office. You know, first, beside yourself, how many are on your team? Are they engineers? What are their jobs like in the office? Well, the OSS scheduling, um, the entire OSS scheduling is comprised of two different offices. Uh, One is short-range scheduling. One is real-time scheduling. I'm actually in charge of short-range scheduling. So I have six employees that are under me. Um, and they come from all different types of backgrounds. Uh, one was a test parachutist. Um, one, another one was a flight test engineer. I have a couple of administrative assistants. Um, they all bring different types of skill sets that help in our success. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a great, diverse group of people. And as we're recording this, we're still under the stay-at-home orders due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Meanwhile, the flight test mission at Edwards is continuing. So how are you and your team performing their jobs in the ops scheduling office right now? Honestly, it's been a bit more overwhelming and stressful lately. My team's adapting really well. Um, If anything, this has given them a chance to showcase their agility We've had uh, to change some of our previous practices really quickly and implement new ones and um, rotate shifts uh, just to maximize the use of the VPN. So we're they're doing a great job. I'm really proud of them. And the VPN is the virtual private network we use to log into work, right? Right. Well, Andy, as you just mentioned, the pure nature of flight test is stressful. At Edwards, you are supporting all the developmental test and evaluation programs, as well as the U.S. Air Force Test Pilot School. Your team schedules every test mission on this base. So how are you all coping with the intense coordination of all of this while doing so remotely? Well, like I said before, we're, we're showcasing our agility and how well we can perform in stressful situations. So we've had to change some of our previous practices really quickly, implement new ones. We've had to rotate shifts. We're maximizing the use of the virtual private network. We've rotated tasks. And on top of that, I'm continuing our training plan and developing the new employees that I have. Uh, It's been a whirlwind of learning opportunities. Um, Each one of my team members are, are doing an outstanding job. Uh, supporting each other. We do a lot of training and and, um, talking to each other through teams and um, doing the video chats. And so we're doing great. My team members have been doing an outstanding 
job given the current stressful situation we're in right now. And here in the Aerospace Valley, we hear the sounds of your success from our aircraft back in the skies. So, Andy, what are your takeaways? What have you gained from the COVID-19 putting you in this situation? Honestly, I think those people on my team that were hesitant on change, they're now open to it because they see it's not so bad. I mean, we we literally had no choice but to change some of our practices and do it very quickly. So a lot of my team members are now very adaptable and, and they are, you know, flexible and they're actually open to change now. So that, that actually helps. It's improved our communication skills. We've be- become a stronger uh, team and we're doing a great job. Andy, you are highly regarded and respected as a person and in your role as a supervisor. Some have even stated that your work is inspiring. Well, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Our guest today is Mrs. Andy Brown, who is the supervisor of the 412th OSS Operations Scheduling Office. So, Andy, let's go back to 2004 when you and your husband first arrived at Edwards. You both served as active duty in the Air Force. Thank you for your service. When you arrived here at Edwards, you were not a supervisor. Tell us what kind of work you were doing at that time. Well, I was um, working at the Wing Plans and Scheduling Office. I was doing uh, maintenance scheduling. So I was on the other side of the house. I scheduled all the maintenance for ground events for the F-16 at Falcon. I handled all the documentation for the assigned S-16s. I did doc reviews, time changes, ordered the the parts and um, different kinds of time-critical items for the aircraft. Uh, It was pretty cool. That's that's actually how I met my husband, is we were both maintenance schedulers. So we fast forward to 2017, and you left the 412th OSS for a supervisor position with a bomber CTF. Tell us briefly about that. Right. Honestly, I didn't want to leave the OSS. Uh, They spent so much time developing me professionally that I was kind of torn. I was ready to take on more responsibility by becoming a supervisor, but there were no vacancies at OSS at that time. So I thought if I applied for this position at Bombers, I could increase my professional development and mentor people and the way I was mentored. And maybe I could pay it forward, and who knows, in, you know, a year or two or a couple years, maybe I could come back to the OSS if they had a vacancy. And I was lucky enough that, you know, the chips kind of fell in my favor. That is very fortunate. And so let's let's talk about that. You, you got to come back to the OSS. So I came back from uh, Bombers. It was all within the same year. I left in the beginning of 2018. And I came back at the end of 2018. I was gone for about, I think it was eight or nine months before I was hired back on as the short-range scheduling supervisor. Um, I was excited. I was overwhelmed. I was happy to come back because it was something that I love this office. I didn't want to leave, but I saw a chance to come back and make it better. And I was just really excited about that opportunity. As a leader and a supervisor, you have a great relationship with your with your team. Tell us about that with your scheduling office team, your relationship with them. Well, we're, uh, we're family. You know, you have your family at home, but 
you spend, you know, at least a minimum of eight hours a day with these people at work. So how can you not be family? We crack on each other. We laugh at each other. We joke with each other. Uh, some days they make me laugh. Some days they make me want to pull my hair out. <laughs> I'm sure I do the same for them. But every single one of them knows that I'd walk through the fire for them, and, and they'd walk through the fire for me. Well, Andy, what do you think is the recipe, so to speak, of, of building a successful and strong team such as the one you have? That's a great question. I think a number of things, mutual respect, communication, transparency, integrity, commitment, not necessarily in that order, but I've learned from some great leaders. I've learned from some not so great leaders. I've learned from, you know, some employees that that I have supervised, and I've learned from the good ones and the bad ones. Uh, I've literally put my heart and soul into my team. I hand-selected four of them during the hiring process because I saw potential to build one of the strongest and most diversified teams on this base. Um, most of the decisions I make in my office are democratic ones, so I I make sure they have a voice and that they're heard, and I think that is the recipe for building a successful team. That is certainly a great example for us all to follow. You know, earlier in the program, we mentioned that this is a stressful job in the uh, OSS Operations Scheduling Office, and there's a lots, lots to coordinate and cancellations happen, and many aspects can take a toll on people. And I understand that you have a very fun and, and unique way of, to break that tension and have a little fun in the office as well. Do you want to tell us about it? <laughs> well, as funny as it sounds... Um... I like to dance and sing to them. We actually have a karaoke machine in our office, and we have like a little uh, wireless microphone. And so I am far from a professional singer or dancer, so (laughs) it's pretty comical when I go up there and I just sing and I dance around. Um, It lightens the mood. I mean, how can anyone be stressed out or upset when your boss sings, we will rock you, or... Pharrell Williams happy, you know, how can you be upset? That's great. Do you remember the first time you decided you wanted to do karaoke? Can you set that stage? Well, we were were actually playing a game to alleviate some of the stress. Uh, One of my employees was trying to, he was playing songs, and he was trying to get people to name that tune. And so we started it that way, and then we were singing tunes, And then it just got into, we were all singing, and then he brought in a karaoke machine. (laughs) And the next day, I just started singing and dancing, and i just been doing it since. I mean, just yesterday, I was on the phone with them, singing a little bit, and then I read them a story, and then I sang a little bit. So, yeah, it was pretty funny. That's great. You know, when it comes to your job as a supervisor, a leader of this very skilled team, it doesn't sound like it's just a job to you, is it? No, not at all. It's a way for me to pay it forward. You know, I, like I said, I've had a lot of great leaders who have taken the time to mentor me both professionally and personally. I've had coworkers and leaders pick me up, dust me off during some really rough times in my life. And this is my way of being a great wingman and trying to do the same. I mean, it's one team, one fight, right? Andy, you said just now you've had some great mentors, but what about you? Do you like to mentor others? And if so, why? Absolutely. So I've mentored those who have been on my team. I've mentored some who aren't on my team, but have reached out to me for some guidance. 
you know, life is full of lessons. Why not share what you've learned so it can help someone else out? And especially under these circumstances right now, I'm sure everybody's just as stressed out as my office is, you know. So this is our way to build each other up and lift each other up. And, you know, you don't want to tear people down. You want to lift them. That's a great example for everybody, Andy. You know, someone who has known you for quite some time told me recently that long ago they saw that potential for growth in you and that you're not only driven to self-improvement, but that you are a natural leader and you truly care about others. What do you say to that? And, and how do you go about getting the knowledge and skills needed to be a good leader? First, I would say I'm deeply honored to know that someone feels this way about me. Um, what I would say is I'm just me. Um, like I said before, I've learned from every single good and bad situation I've been in. I've learned from great leaders, not so great leaders, great employees, not so great ones. You know, the mentoring and the leadership communication. Um, I've taken a lot of classes. I have taken communication courses, leadership courses, supervisor, leadership for non-supervisors when I was an employee. So all these courses is, have, have helped me and help develop me, but the mentoring, too, the the hands-on has been a huge help to me because when people do that for you and they lift you up, that's what makes you want to move forward and do the same to somebody else. Well, Andy, you truly care and are concerned about people and devote yourself to helping others, even despite difficult times in your own life. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Our guest today is Mrs. Andy Brown, who is the supervisor of the 412th OSS Operations Scheduling Office. Andy, as we mentioned, you were active duty in the Air Force at one time, and you joined right out of high school, right? Can you tell us more? Yeah, I was 18 years old. I wanted to travel and see the world. My dad was in the military. He and my mom would take me to air shows as a kid, and I was in awe of the different types of aircraft they were out there and what they could do, and I loved the sound of the engines roaring. So just from that and my my dad being in the military, I just took pride in it, and I just wanted to join the military. People ask me, well, why not the Army? Your dad was in the Army. Well, I liked being around the aircraft. You know, so I just decided to go Air Force, and my dad was was 100% behind me. So what was your career field when you were active duty? So I was a 2R1, which is a maintenance scheduler. So what I was doing as a civilian, as a maintenance scheduler here, when I got here, I was actually doing that as active duty also. And it led me in so many different directions. I was in Germany. I was in Idaho. I was in England. I was in Turkey. Uh, came to Edwards. I was just all over the place. Well, Andy, in 2002, you were stationed in Germany, and when an unthinkable tragedy happened to you and your family. Yes, I lost my only brother to suicide. Well, Andy, I'm so sorry for the tragic loss of your brother. You told me that it affected you so severely that you had a nervous breakdown and had to leave the Air Force. Yes, like I said, he was my only brother, and it hit my entire family really hard. It hit me especially hard because I had just talked to him, you know, a week before, and I knew he sounded off. Um, He was going through a bitter divorce, and 
you could tell he was off. Um, but I, I guess I didn't really see the signs. So, um, yeah, it, it took a toll on me guilt wise. Um, that, yeah, it was just something that gave me a nervous breakdown and I, I, uh, had to work myself through that. Well, over time, you became an advocate for suicide prevention, in particular, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You began participating in their walks and so on. Tell us about that. Well, at first, it it was me trying to help my mom through her grief. She had just lost her only son. You know, I can't imagine losing a child. I, I know what it's like to lose a brother. So being out there with my mom and so many other people who lost their family members and friends the same way I lost my brother actually became therapy for me. I was able to cut through my grief and my guilt and help bring awareness to our local community about suicide and the lasting effects it had on me and my family. And in doing that, I not only helped raise awareness in the community, but I was able to raise money for education and research. And it also brought my family closer, and it cut through some of my grief and heartache. And back in 2014, you told me the commander of the OSS at that time asked you to share your story with, with your your teammates there. And do you think it is important to, to do this, to help others who may be going through this type of tragic loss or also as a form of prevention? Absolutely. The online training is great. You know, that we, we do the online courses. We do the, the one-on-one, you know, training that they do. But... I think when you talk to somebody, when you hear a person who has attempted suicide and failed tell their story, or you hear from the sister who lost her brother to suicide, and she can give you a detailed explanation of how his suicide impacted her life and the lives of her family, it touches a person to their core more than annual training class would, in my opinion. If I just help one person who's struggling See that there is hope and someone does care and make them realize that they are relevant, then the pain and the scars I carry serve a purpose. Well, Andy, tragically, during a five-week period, now in 2016, sadly, you lost your mom to cancer. Uh, you also lost your grandmother and an aunt in a five-week period. You told me recently that despite this horrible great loss, you felt you had to maintain your part to keep the flight test mission going. Why? Why at such a time of personal loss did you feel that drive? Well, during that rough time in my life, it was actually my coworkers and my work family that helped me through it. I felt like I owed it to them and my mom and my grandma and my aunt, who were the strongest women I knew, to keep going and keep moving forward. And like I said, they my, my extended family helped lift me up, and they pretty much carried me through this. So I felt that that was my way of giving back to them. So where do you find your personal strength? What keeps you going? My faith, my family, my extended family. I've been through a lot of rough patches in my life. I figured I had one of two choices. I could learn from the rough times and become a better human being, or I could focus on all the negative things and be a bitter human being. I chose to be better. I want to be a good role model for my girls 
and show them what a strong woman looks like because a strong woman raised me. Well, Andy, on top of your work at Edwards, you have a great family, a husband and two daughters. How do you achieve that work and life balance? Honestly, it's a constant struggle. I'm in school now uh, pursuing the uh, civilian associate's degree um, in leadership and management. So I'm balancing work, I'm balancing school, and I'm balancing family like I'm a circus clown. (laughs) I'm, I'm lucky to have an amazing husband and two amazing girls. They're not afraid to pick me up when I fall. They're not afraid to dust me off and sometimes carry me into the next day as they hand me a cup of coffee or a vodka and cranberry. <laughs> they're, they're literally the glue that holds me together. Well, Andy, I can't thank you enough for being here and inspiring us all with your story. But before I let you go, can you please share with us what it means to you to work at the center of the aerospace testing universe? Honestly, it means everything to me. I, um, just seeing the aircraft in the air, hearing the engines roar, you know, seeing the successful execution of different test missions, seeing the bomber in the air to to fly over and thank our first responders, that is why I do it. Um, That just makes me happy. It gives me pride. And um, to continue doing what I can to support the mission. Many thanks to today's guest, Mrs. Andy Brown, for taking time out to share her story and taking us beyond the test. We invite our listeners to submit their suggestions for future episodes by sending us an email at beyondtest at 412tw.us. Thanks to all for joining us. I'm Dawn Waldman for Edwards Beyond the Test.